Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday, episode 73 of the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Dominic Salee. The end of another week. How are you doing, my friend? You know, the weather's starting to warm up a little. It is. So the sun's out, and, you know, that's it's making the moods better. We're... Sun's out, gun's out, am I right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Never too early. No. And uh, we've got another great fight card this weekend. Another, honestly, this one, top to bottom, is pretty damn solid, especially the main card. So uh, excited to start breaking this down with you. But, since sometimes I don't and sometimes I do ask, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Uh, thanks for asking. I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, the week's been kind of flying by. You know, been staying busy at work, and um, you know we've we've got a three episode week. So you know, I've had a, a lot of my time has been taken up, and I'm happy about that. I like I like being on the move. Staying a active. Bit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, like a Hamzad or well, not a Hamzad anymore. <laughs> Kevin like <a> Kevin Holland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But glad to be back here with you, previewing some fights. It's a big one Saturday. I love it. Headlined by. Some big boys, Jarzinho Rosenstreich taking on Surreal Gane. Four events in the month of February, three heavyweight main events. Yeah, it's it's very interesting the way the UFC has kind of went about the schedule. You know, mm-hmm. it's like each month you kind of you kind of have something to kind of attach to. You know, yeah. this month heavyweights. This next was month the theme. It's all title fights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's unreal. But we start with this one here. And we will break down six fights. Uh, it looks like the main card's kind of getting shaken up yeah, a little bit. Shooketh. So it looks like we're going to be previewing our five main card fights and then one prelim that was supposed to be on the main card, but whatever. Yeah. But before that, it's time for the news. The news. All fight announcements. And boy, do we got some good ones. There are some good ones we and st- two really big ones. Mm-hmm. We start with March 13th, UFC Fight Night. The originally scheduled matchup between Ryan Hall and Dan Ige is off. Ryan Hall, his woes, and yeah, they continue. They, they continue. I don't know if we'll ever see him fight yeah, again. It's a shame. However, not all, not all to be sad about because Gavin Tucker is replacing Ryan Hall to face Dan Ige. A huge opportunity for the up and comer. Talking about changing an opponent. You're going from a grappling submission specialist to a dude that's just going to stand and bang. Ige I have no doubt. And no doubt that Dan Ige is going to be ready though, and that he was that he just he's the kind of guy to just take this full yeah. speed ahead. Yeah, his first fight back since losing to Cater, so he's looking to make a statement. That's on the same card. That's now Leon Edwards and uh, Bilal Muhammad. And I'm telling you, you know, a little. Over two weeks out, but Gavin Tucker, Dan Ige, that's low-key. Uh, not even low-key. That could be fight of the night right there. Yeah. That's a banger. A, that's, I mean, not, I wouldn't even say a sleeper fight yeah, of the night, but that, I guess it could be. But, I mean, it totally has all the makings of it. Gavin Tucker coming off the biggest one of his career, but this is a huge step up. Yeah. But a guy who also made quite a leap last year was Dan Ige. Kind of went from relative newcomer, you know, Dana White, Another contender series, series veteran. Yeah. He gets an opportunity against Edson Barboza. Barboza trying to go down in weight to featherweight. Um, Ige gets a controversial split, or mm. I think it was split decision. It was split, yeah. Um, controversially, he wins that fight. Then he gets somehow, I, I forget how it worked out this way, but he gets placed yeah. into a fight night headliner with Calvin Cater. 
pretty sure Cater's original opponent fell out. I forget kind of the whole debacle. Yeah. But Dan Ige gets placed there, and they end up having a great fight, even though it was a fight that uh, Dan Ige would lose, and we just haven't seen him since. So here he goes. He's fighting a little bit back down, but Ige was placed. He was kind of pushed so quickly and kind of got that lucky win in some ways over Barboza. Um, So I think it's smart to kind of, even though he is ranked. Still tone it back. Yeah, because, I mean, that Barboza fight, didn't necessarily answer everybody's questions, and then he did lose four out of five rounds against Calvin Cater. Yeah. So, um, make keep these kind of opponents. I think make a little more sense. You know, with Gavin Tucker, who's still working his way up, and for Gavin Tucker, you, you have no reason not to take. This oh fight. yeah, you're all over it if you're Gavin. Yeah, so. and uh, very much looking forward to that one though. We move on oh. April twenty fourth, UFC two sixty one, the women's flyweight title. We've been waiting on it will be on the line as Valentina Shevchenko defends against Jessica Andrade. The women's title fight right now. Now we're just waiting on Rose and Wei Li. Yeah. But this was the one. We've been waiting on this. This, at least on paper, should be Valentina's toughest opponent at 125 pounds. Jessica Andrade is going to come at her like a freight train, an absolute bull in a china shot. Valentina is the patient, technical Muay Thai striker. I don't even know this fight could go so many different routes. It could, and um, the way that I see it going in my head, or not exactly, but just you're way too early. Yeah, there's prediction. a lot. No, 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 no. I don't want to get at, act like it's that, but in my head, like I could totally see, like we're really hyping up this fight. I could totally see Valentina starching her like within a minute, just because the way Andrade fights, it's very much kill or be killed, and. That has left her open before yeah. against Whaley. Um, even for the majority of the Rose fight, she was getting pieced up before getting kind of a lucky KO slam. Uh, but that's the that's the X factor with Andrade is that mm-hmm. she can pull out that kind of strength that you don't in power you don't really see a lot yeah. in the women's divisions. She's never going to back down. She's no, just gonna keep and you know she, her. She's so her stature is so unique. You know she's so short. But yet she's so she has such a nice base where she's very strong and powerful. So she does kind of get the upper hand on a lot of these fighters because what was kind of the thing in football? Low man wins. Right, right. Low woman wins. Yeah. So a lot of times she is able to kind of just I don't know. She she's just got a very unique style to her. Been there, done that. Three weight classes. Yeah, three weight classes. Her second time or second weight class for a title like yeah. it's crazy she is the former former straw weight champion yeah so this is you know she's not i don't think she's gonna feel under pressure in the bright lights no. she's been there done that that's a such a good matchup and, it, and what makes it more interesting is valentina is coming off of you know not to harp on it because she won four or five rounds but probably her but that one most, round she her lost. most disappointing yeah. title defense yet so there there might be some questions starting to peep Peep their ugly head around, and and um, I think Valentina might have something to to say. And, yeah. So I think that could be a great fight. UFC two sixty one on April twenty fourth. Moving on, another women's fight here, May fifteenth. UFC two sixty two. The other Shevchenko. Yep, Antonina Shevchenko getting placed against Andrea Lee. A very interesting matchup here, because these are two women who I think have yet. To fulfill their promise. Yeah, and they're 
like on a collision course now. Both top 15, two great strikers. But what we saw of Antonina in her last fight with the dominant wrestling and grappling, she looked like an absolute beast in her last fight. But the fight before that, I guess she got controlled well, and dominated. And a lot of that might have been because she was fighting Caitlin Chukagian, right. who is that was a huge step up for her. But both these women have been touted as title prospects in the past, including especially Andrea Lee. Mm-hmm. And Lee's had a very mixed run of things. You know, she just can't seem to get over the kind of win one, lose one, win one, lose one thing she's got going on. And all a lot unfortunate for her too. Always seems to find herself in some split decision losses. Just yeah, some tough you t- I remember you talked fight. about that. On, I think we've uh, previewed one yeah, of the fights before. Just out of her last three. Two were split decision losses, Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood, both. So And that's I mean, those are two of the yeah. potential next yeah. title challengers right there. So she could very well be there. Um, but I think it's a big fight for both of them. Antonina, not a young lady. Older than Valentina. Yeah, she's like thirty five, thirty six. So she, yeah, even though she's relatively young in her MMA experience, she's kinda got a you know, she's kinda fighting against the clock too in yeah. these in these matchups, so a big one, though, I would say, but one that's going to go under the radar for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm now convinced if you see one fight announcement with one Shevchenko sister, the other <laughs> Shevchenko sister will be announced shortly thereafter. They just signed. Because the, the last time they fought on the same card. They just like the carpool yeah, to the contract. Yeah, they signs. train together and everything, so they're always going to be fighting the same <laughs> yeah. time frame. Yeah, interesting. But we move on to our final fight announcement of the day. Oh, my. UFC 263 happening June 12th. This is the first fight announcement for June that I've heard of. Summertime. It's a rematch. Oh, boy. Davidson. Oh, boy. Figueredo. I don't want to say dominant, but the scary scary. men's flyweight champion. He he runs it back. The assassin baby. (laughs) Literally, the assassin baby. We're not making that up. Uh He's literally defend. He's defending again in a rematch with Brandon Moreno. For those of you that don't remember, our final pay per view of 2020 UFC 256. Second on our fight of the year list, or third? Yep, second. Yeah, yeah. Headlined by Davison and Brandon Moreno, one that ended up being an amazing fight, mm-hmm. but ended in a draw. Yeah, probably one of the only draws in history of combat sports that I've been like, yeah, that was a draw. that was a draw. Yeah. And here they run it back. And I'm glad that they gave them the time. They get plenty of time. Because both of these yep. guys in that, they, took that on they three went weeks to war notice. and they took it on after Davis had headlined a previous month <laughs> yeah. and Miranda had fought um, the same card against Roy Val. So now they get six months. Yeah, so I'm glad <laughs> they get six months. I'll be very interested to see oh, man. how this fight goes. You know, there's got to be a lot of factors in there with the fact that both guys were fighting compromised in the first one, you would have to say. But it was still an amazing fight. you got to figure they're both coming to make a just statement, like a finish. You know, no more decisions. And my biggest takeaway of this announcement has got to be that I don't see this fight going five rounds. No, no matter who wins. Yeah, it's just I feel like both of these guys will not stay in there for ten rounds. They won't Mm. be able to withstand it. But it's an amazing fight. Flyweights go to war. Yep, I'm, I'm loving it. Oh, man. UFC, that's UFC 263. Not sure if it's going to be our headliner or co-main, but happening June 12th. And anything else before we move on? Let's break down fights. That's the end of the news. The news. On to some fights. Another UFC Vegas hashtag, Noah. So unfortunately we can't say 
six fight main card. We can't. But we're gonna give you six. Fight we are preview. gonna preview six fights here. Hashtag UFC Vegas twenty. They're adding up. And I'm just gonna go through the card real quick, and then we'll go fight by fight. So our prelim card, our there prelim fight. Good prelims. Me. Our prelim fight at women's strawweight. Angela Hill is back after her controversial main event. Yeah, Headliner loss with Michelle Watterson going up against Ashley Yoder. Then the main card opens up at featherweight. Alex Caceres, believe that's Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Man, what a veteran of the UFC. <laughs> the guy's fought Woo. everybody. Yeah. He's going up against Kevin Kroom, the... <laughs> Uh, can I find this nickname? The hard hitting hillbilly. The hard hitting hillbilly. So this is just a this is another nickname off right here. Yeah. Wow. Just when we thought Cuban Missile Crisis and Coconut <laughs> Bombs was gonna take the cake. Yeah. Bruce Leroy and the a hard hitting hillbilly. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, that might be. <laughs> no wonder they put it on the main card. <laughs> yeah. uh, after that at bantamweight. Oh baby. How's this fight so low on the card? This I can't was supposed to happen it. on UFC 258. Got postponed. And now it's, the it's at the fight. same spot. Yeah. <laughs> this card, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera. That's a huge fight. I'm. This is the That's fight. A big I'm, fight. This is the fight I'm most excited for. I'll be honest. Then at women's flyweight. Yeah. Montana. Oh yeah. De La Rosa mm-hmm. going up against Myra Bueno Silva. Mm-hmm. Hope I said that name right. Mm-hmm. One note about this card. This is the fight that Dominic Lee oh, himself yeah. mm-hmm. got the preview oh, yeah. with. Overtime Heroics. This is true. So if you follow either of us on Twitter, then you've probably seen that article getting shared around. Go follow Overtime Heroics. Support them. Support Dom. Listen to the article. It's very good. I try my best. The fight's happening third. Hey, I put it in the article, and I'm going to say it on here, but that's your low-key sleeper for fight of the night, ladies and gentlemen. I'm being serious. Just wait on it, though. Wait on it. Next. Coming. Mm-hmm. Light heavyweight. Nikita Kroilov versus Magomed Ankalaev. Another huge fight. This fight was kind of under my radar before we sort of um, had to go do some digging. Yeah, and then it just happened. Like, oh, and then shit. I, and then I kind of was doing my research, and I'm like, oh, this fight's a mm, uh, pretty big fight here. Pretty big fight. <laughs> and then we end the thing off. Main event. Heavyweight. The big boys, or should I say? The biggie boys. The biggie boys. Yes. Jaisinho Rosenstreich going up against Sariel Gane. Amazing fights. But we start with Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. Dominic Salee, take it away. No, I'm going to tell don't you. don't mess up. That's what I was going <laughs> to do. Go I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to mess up her record this time. No more <laughs> clips of me looking stupid. Just kidding. There's going to be plenty more. But not this one. Angela Hill. Angela Overkill Hill, ladies and gentlemen. 12 wins, 9 losses, 5 KOTKOs. She's 7 and 9 in the UFC. Mm. <laughs> there we go. I said it right. But it's not over yet. <laughs> I, I can still screw this up. Notable wins uh, over Ashley Yoder, funny enough. So this is a rematch a few years in the making. The first time she won via decision and then TKO'd Hannah Cyphers. So notable losses. She's been there and done it all including a fight with Carla Esparza at the Ultimate Fighter Season 20. It was in the first round back in 2014, and she got submitted there. And then official losses on her record, Tisha Torres' decision. Uh, got submitted by Rose Namajunas. Lost the decision to Jessica Andrade. Lost the decision to Nina Ansarov. A split decision to Courtney Casey. Got submitted by Ryan Marcos. Lost a unanimous decision to Joan and Jan. A very, 
very controversial split decision with Claudia Gadella. And then, as Noah mentioned, her most recent fight, a five-round war against Michelle Watterson in a main event slot, a very close split decision loss there. On the other end, Ashley Oder, she's 8-6 and six with four submissions. She's 3-5 and five in the UFC. She does have three first-round finishes out of those four submissions. She's got a notable win over Miranda Granger. That was her last fight. That was via decision. And then in terms of notable losses, the Angela Hill loss. Lost a split decision to Mackenzie Dern, and then another split decision to Randa Marcos. What do you think here, Noah? A few years in the making, but we got a rematch. Yeah. Uh, Always interesting. Definitely interesting that they're running this one back of all the kind of matchups you could make. However, <clears throat> Angela will fight Angela anyone. Hill, She'll kinda, fight anyone. You kind of just take what's given to you. And we got a big style clash here. Ashley Yoder being the submission artist of the two with the four submission wins, no knockout wins. Mm-hmm. The reverse is true for Angela Hill. Five wins via knockout, no wins via submission. The so, great in her stand-up last fight, yeah, too. So it's a very clear, in my opinion, kind of who gets the edge where, kind of what's each woman's route to victory. So it all just comes down to who has the least holes in her game and really just whose style will win out. And I think Angela Hill has got the style. The way she's been looking recently. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think that some... I don't think Ashley Yoder is going to be really ready for it mm-hmm. compared to either of Angela's last two opponents, who both arguably lost to fights with her. Yeah, it's crazy. You hear Angela's record, you're like, oh, 7-9 in the UFC, what? But it's like, you got to look at who she's fighting. And then you take into account there are some razor-thin split decisions, three of them, as a matter of fact, just in the UFC alone. She's always willing to step in, fight the toughest in the division, and always gives it her all. And, like, as tough as they come, always in a war, it seems. Every fight that she's in. And And I think that this fight will be no different. I think Yoder will put up a good fight. But I think Angela makes a statement here. I'm going to go Angela Hill via decision, but I think it's going to be a very, very much 30-27. I don't think she's going to... I don't think she wants to leave it up to the judges, but I just have a hard time seeing Ashley getting finished. Yeah, I'm going the same way here. Angela Hill decision. I do think she's going to come out and look very good. I think she's coming in with a big chip on her shoulder. She was... Going hard to try and get the Tisha Torres fight. Yeah. And that fight fell through for whatever reason. Now she's taking Ashley Yoder. Already has a win over. You got to think that's going to boost her confidence a little coming into this as well. Maybe Ashley comes out trying to prove uh, prove us wrong. But I think Angela's going to really just have the advantage, especially if it stays on the feet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all Angela Hill Saturday night. I agree. We move on to the the main card. The main card. So Alex Caceres going up against Kevin Kroom. Bruce Leroy versus the hard-hitting hillbilly Dominic. Take it away. So Caceres is 17-12, and 12, one no contest. He's got three KOTKOs, six submissions. He's 12-10 and 10 with one no contest in the UFC. Three of those nine finishes have come in the first round with notable wins over Sergio Pettis. That was via submission. And then also had a pretty decisive victory over Chase Hooper. That was a decision victory there. And then uh, has some notable losses. Uriah Faber, which I completely blanked that those two fought, like in 2014 or something. Yeah, I don't remember that. And uh, Uriah <laughs> submitted him. He's lost a split decision with Yair Rodriguez. Got submitted by Jason Knight. And then uh, also got submitted by Crone Gracie. On the other end, the hillbilly, Kevin Kroom, is 21-12 and with one no contest. He's got six KOTKOs, 
10 submissions, uh, and then in the UFC only one fight, and that was the no contest. Uh, 12 of his 16 finishes have came in the first round. He does have a win over Derek Minner, who we just talked about on last weekend's <clears throat> card. That was back at LFA 48 in 2018. He TKO'd him there. And like I said, his UFC debut was a no contest. That was against Roosevelt Roberts. This is an interesting stylistic clash here. Two seem to be well-rounded guys. Lots of losses on their records, but lots of wins on their records. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, they're very, their records are very ugly. I mean, I'll just be frank. You know, they're not great records, but I think you got to, you know, dig a little deeper. When you, when you into look those. into it, you know, kind you of. You know, and, and, and they have different stories, you know. Caceres has fought a very much who's who of the featherweight division. He's fought a lot of guys on their way up. And so active. Yeah. Always fighting. While for the hard-hitting hillbilly, while not near as much UFC experience, Yeah, um, you know, a lot of these guys grow into it as they, they try to stay active and they just take their licks and keep growing. Um, a good example of that would be Mr. Michelle Pereira, yep. who looks unstoppable right now. But he was a guy coming into the UFC with how many losses? He had like eight, ten losses mm-hmm. or something. You know, just you never know. And for a guy like Kevin Kroom, I wouldn't sleep on him just because of his record and the fact that maybe, you know, the lack of UFC experience is definitely something to be on the lookout that, that's for. That's going to be the deciding factor for me, actually. Yeah. Okay, so what's your. I am going Bruce Leroy here. I think Alex looked really good his last few fights. He is coming in on a three fight win streak. I forgot to note that on the notebook, but good thing it came to memory there. So he's riding a win streak here. He's coming in hot. Been looking very solid. He's coming off of a first round submission win. Uh, I think he's going to get the job done here. The veteran expertise in the UFC is going to pay off. I'm going decision, however, for Alex Caceres. So here's my thing with Caceres. He really comes out like a just like a bat out of hell. Like mm-hmm. he just comes in there and he's immediately just like so active right away. But that leaves him open, especially the submissions a lot. I'm going Kevin Kroom first round submission. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I just, and, and this isn't to say that I don't think Caceres has a route to victory. Like I, it's, you know, the first round finishes, I want to kind of preface, you know, it's not always mm-hmm. because I think that someone's so much better than the other. Most of the time, it's because I just think someone's going to get caught, or, and that's the case here. Yeah. I think that, you know, Caceres, he's just, his style is very risky at, at times. You know, he just, he, he doesn't quite have the submission defense to be as wild as he is. And he just gets caught in a lot of them by good submission artists like Kevin Kroon. Right. So that's just what I'm going to go with here. Moving on. Next up, the big one. The big one. Pedro Munoz. Versus Jimmy Rivera. Do people realize this fight is happening? This weekend? I don't think they do, because this fight's kind of been buried. It's kind of it kind this of feels is such like such an important. It fight. kind of feels like the UFC was like, okay, this is like the third time we've had to rebook this thing. Just throw it on some card and get it over. And with. if people see it, they see it. We're talking number eight versus number nine in the bantamweight division. Yeah, one no, of the best divisions in the UFC. I'm, I'm very excited for this fight. Oh. <sighs> Pedro Munoz making his second appearance on our infamous Beloved Joe's MMA <laughs> podcast. First one with the main event over Frankie Edgar. He's 18-5 and five with one no contest. He's got five KOTKOs, eight submissions. He's 8-5 and five in the UFC with one no contest. He's got eight first-round finishes with wins over Rob Font via submission, TKO over Brian Caraway, and then TKO Cody Garbrandt. Notable losses to Rafael Asuncao. That was via unanimous decision. That was actually his UFC debut. 
back in the day. He's lost a split decision to Jimmy Rivera. This is another rematch in the making, a couple rematches on this card. He lost a split decision to John Dotson, a unanimous decision decision to Aljamain Sterling, and then a razor-thin split to Frankie Edgar. So again, another guy, three split decision losses in the UFC to top-tier opponents. Jimmy Rivera on the other side, our best friend. We sat with his family back in Cleveland yeah, in 2016. Course. We're tight, man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. 23 wins, four losses. He's got four KOTKOs, two submissions, seven and three in the UFC. Two of his six finishes have came in the first round with notable wins over Pedro Munoz, as just mentioned. A unanimous decision against Raya Faber. That's the one we got to see in person. Mm-hmm. He also has beaten Thomas Almeida via unanimous decision and John Dotson, a unanimous decision. And then most recently, Cody Stamen via unanimous decision. And then those losses have came to Marlon Marais with a head kick KO, a unanimous decision decision lost to Aljamain Sterling, and then lost a decision to Pewter Jan, the current champion. Mm-hmm. Another rematch, Noah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I really did. I, I But it, it feels like it's been a long enough. You know, 2015, both these guys so young at the time in and, their UFC careers. And, and tell the listeners why you were so excited for this fight at UFC 258. And then they just busted your bubble and you had to wait two more weeks. This was the fight that you were waiting for and looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to implications, you know, for the division. I think these are two guys that could be fighting for a belt. After we saw Jimmy Rivera at UFC 203, I said this guy's going to be a future champ. I just thought he had, he has a very safe style. He really does, you know. Not that he hasn't been caught, Marlon Marais, you know, with the head kick. However, his style, for the most part, is very safe. He's very good at kind of getting the fight into his kind of his world. And once you're there, it's like it's really hard to get out. You know, he takes you to those deep waters and just kind of holds you there. He doesn't. He does. He's not quite got that finishing capability, but he will grind out. A he decision knows what he has win. to do to get a win. And I wouldn't call him boring, but I'm just saying that he doesn't finish fights. I mean, look at it. He's got six wins via finish, and he's got 23 wins. Yeah. I, I think that speaks for itself. In the reverse corner, you got Pedro Munoz, who does finish fights at a good rate. Yes, Thir- 13 finishes and 18 wins. He's had a very interesting growth to his career. You know, Early on, winning a lot of fights via submission. <clears throat> However, to Pedro, we see today is... Very well-rounded, heavy yeah, hitter. Very well-rounded, but he's very heavy mm-hmm. in his hands. You know, I think a lot of that might be from his brother, Mark Munoz. Yeah, true. The very hard-hitting guy, too. So, I think uh, Pedro's had a very interesting kind of career, I don't know if resurgence, or just in his rise here, where he's really been winning a lot of these fights on his feet. You know, Sure, he's on a two-fight losing streak right now, the Frankie Edgar laws still. I thought he, I thought he won. I that thought one. he won, but you know, I, I get it. But Pedro right. looked good in the fight. Yeah, exactly. While Jimmy is coming off that Cody Stamen win after being on kind of the first real skid of his yeah. career, where he had lost three of four, so there are a lot of questions here, and I think it's fair to run this fight back. Both guys are much different fighters today than they were back then. It's better when there's a they're years removed. And yeah, then they I mean, come back this is at six it, you years know? ago. Yeah. You know, you might as well. And I'm gonna go with the guy that I think has the best shot of being a future champion, Jimmy Rivera. Oh, okay. So I'm going Jimmy Rivera via decision here. I I think uh, Jimmy Rivera won the first fight, and that was back when Munoz had 
at least showcased more submission capabilities. I think now that you got the hard hitting side that he's kind of at least shown more of in his this later part of his career, I think Jimmy's going to look to keep that fight on the ground as long yeah. as he can. Oh, yeah. And even though Pedro is no slouch there either, I just think Jimmy's going to be able to get it there and keep it there. Yeah, I think Pedro's coming in to make a statement. And I think he's coming in to say, you know what? I'm not a big fan of going to the judges' scorecards after that mm-hmm. most recent fight with Jimmy, or against uh, Frankie Edgar. I think he's going to come in, and I think he's going to get a KOTKO in round number two. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a fun first round back and forth, a good feeling out round. I think Jimmy may even land one of those takedowns and potentially even control that round one. Uh, but in the second round, I see Pedro come out. He's going to be able to clip Jimmy with something. Something's going to land, go in for that ground and pound. I think he gets it done. Second round, KOTKO for Mr. Munoz. Get back into his winning ways. Yeah, definitely. We move on to women's flyweight, correct? Yes, 125. Montana De La Rosa versus Myra Bueno Silva. Take it away. This is a fun one. So Montana's 11-6. and six. Eight submissions out of those eleven victories. She's four and two in the UFC. Wins against uh, Christina Marks. That was her UFC debut. That was via submission. She submitted Rachel Ostovich with a nasty armbar. Another nasty armbar against Nadia Kasem, who was undefeated coming into that fight. And then her most recent win was Mara Romero Barella, who's a common opponent between these two, as we'll go over. And then that was via unanimous decision. So her only win in the UFC to come via decision, the other three via finish. Notable losses to Andrea Lee, who we mentioned in the news. That was via decision in a very fun stand-up fight. And then lost a fight that I believe she took on short notice or her opponent fell out, so Vivian uh, Arujo stepped in on short notice, something like that. But she lost to Vivian, who's number seven in the division right now. That was via decision as well. She's also a tough 26 alumnus. She lost to Nico Montano on the show. And then some other losses outside of the UFC. She lost to Mackenzie Dern at LFC 61 in 2016 via submission, which, you know, most people lose to Dern that way anyways. And then also lost to Cynthia Calvillo at LFA 1 in 2017. That one was a TKO loss. And then two of those eight submissions have came in the first round. For Myra, she's 7-1 coming into this fight. One KO TKO, five submissions, so six out of seven via finish. She's 2-1 and one in the UFC and also has a victory on the Contender Series, so we could say 3-1. and one. It's up to you guys. Uh, her UFC debut was against Jillian Roberson, and she beat her via submission. And then, like I said, the shared opponent, Mara Romero Barella, she submitted her. And then her uh, Contender Series victory was against Mayana Souza Dos Santos, for what that's worth. That was another submission victory. Her lone loss on her record and in the UFC was to Marina... Mariana, I'm not sure how to say her first name, Morose, um, via unanimous decision there. All six of her finishes have came in round number one. These ladies <laughs> like to finish fights. They do. They do. They, they finish them at a good rate. You know, both of these women very good at submissions. I have a hard time predicting how this fight's going to go because you have two women that are very good in their grappling, very right. good in their submission capabilities. So when you see that, are we? Are they going to cancel out, and we're going to get a really fun stand-up fight, That's or are we going to see these women really try to, really try to overwhelm the other with their style of grappling, like show that they're better underground? They want to try to prove something here. Either way, 
I'm picking this to be fight of the night. Being honest. I love that from you. Yeah, being honest. I'm picking it to be fight of the night. I think this is going to be an incredible fight. People are going to sleep on this fight. However, picking the winner is definitely kind of the harder part here. I think I am going to go with Montana De La Rosa, though. She's kind of proven more to me. Cause, and that's, you know, not that I can't predict, you know, kind of how Myra's going to do here. It's more so just I haven't really seen it from her yet. Yeah, the Jillian Roberson win, great. Even the Mara Romero, Romero Barella win, great. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she has finished six of her seven wins, it's very intriguing. Even one KOTK. Yeah, don't forget that. about it. Um, but De La Rosa has fought a tougher crowd of competition. Yeah. I think it might be just too much too soon for Myra. I'm going Montana De La Rosa via decision. Okay, nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm also going Montana via decision. If this fight stays on the feet, I'm really intrigued because some of the fights I've seen with Myra, she's got heavy hands, spinning back kicks, spinning elbows, all that fun stuff. Montana can hold her own on the feet, but in her two losses, that was where you know, she ultimately fell short on the scorecards, but if she wrestles you, She's an absolute savage, and she's not one that just lays on you. She's constantly transitioning, looking for the finish and ground and pound and submission. So that's why I think this is going to be a really fun fight. It's a really good stylistic fight. And truthfully, the winner's probably going to be top 15 or fighting top 15 next. So there's a lot of good implications here. But I am going Montana De La Rosa via decision. Fun fact, the wife of uh, UFC men's flyweight or former, anyway, UFC men's flyweight, Mark De La Rosa. Nice. I don't know if he's still in the UFC or not, but I, I had to no give idea. him a shout-out. Yeah. So. Nice. We move on to our co-main event. Light heavyweight. Another sleeper big fight here. Yeah, this fight really snuck up on us, but it's a huge fight. Yeah, I mean, Top it's just a, it's a big fight for this division. My and, I mean, both of these guys aren't necessarily going to be, you know, selling out arenas or anything. But big implications if you're talking for rankings. And tell them why. Oh, yeah, so Nikita Krylov... An absolute perennial contender in the top 15 and top 10 of this division. Yeah. 27 wins, 7 losses, 11 KOTKOs, 15 submissions. What's that, 26 out of 27 via finish, Noah? 25 Not, out of 26. 25 out of 26? Not too bad. He's 12-5 and five in the UFC. 21 of those finishes have came in the first round. He's got wins over Walt Harris, which... I'm confused. What? Did he come into the UFC as a heavyweight? Because I, I, I know Walt Harris wasn't light heavyweight. But he TKO'd Walt Harris. He KO'd Ed Herman. Submitted Ovent St. Preux. And then got a decision victory uh, over Johnny Walker. He has also lost to OSP. That was via submission. He got submitted by Misha Serkinov. Submitted by Jan Blahovich, And then lost a split decision to the ageless wonder that is Glover to share. This guy loses via submission a decent amount. In the yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a trend, huh? <laughs> On the other end, Magomed is fourteen and one with nine KOTKOs. He's five and one in the UFC with seven first round finishes. He's got wins over Marcin Prochnio via TKO, and then the uh, Young Kudaleba rivalry that they had. They fought twice. The first time via TKO and the strangest stoppage in UFC history. But when they rematched. He made sure to put his ass on the ground, and he KO'd uh, Kudaleba there. His lone loss on his record and in the UFC was to Paul Craig in his UFC debut, and that was via submission. So coming into this fight, Magomed's on a five-fight win streak. Right. What's happening here? First off, 
Nikita Krylov completely slept on, including by me. The man's finished 25 of his 26 Listen, wins. man, it's another one of those guys that seem to get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're going to crack into maybe top five or get that big top five opponent next, but then they fall short. Yeah. It's one of those situations here again. It's It sucks. Yeah, he's definitely kind of stuck in this uh, 500 win one, lose one, win one, lose one thing. Been and, in the UFC for years. Yeah, and that win over Johnny Walker being his last fight did not necessarily incite a lot of confidence in me. Just a very dull fight. Neither guy really came out of that looking too great. I don't really know what Serkinov's plan is going to be here, but I don't... Some of y'all might try to pick Ankalaya via submission because of all the shit we just said with Serkinov. Krylov. Or Krylov. I do that all the time <laughs> with Krylov. But I'm not going to be the one to do it. Ankalaya's going to be looking to keep this fight on the feet. So I think which guy... I think if anybody's going to try to get Man. this fight to the ground, it's going to be Krylov. Yeah, 100%. However, I think this fight mostly stays on the feet for as long as it lasts. I'm going on Kalaev via second round KO TKO. Man, I I struggled the most with this fight. It's it's more so just because Krylov is always been around, again, that top 10 area. Magomed, on the other hand, is coming in for the first time. So it's like a big test. So it is a huge test for him. Will he pass the test? I do think he will get it done. I actually have Magomed winning via decision. I don't know if he's going to be able to KOTKO Krylov. As we see, he gets submitted a lot, but not too many KOTKOs. Has he lost by KOTKO? Once. Once. And Magomed, I don't see submitting him, right? Yeah. So I think this is going to be a stand-up fight. Like you said, I think Krylov will look to get it to the ground. Magomed be able to keep it on the feet for the most part control this fight, uh, keep it at his pace. I think we get a fun three-round war, okay. but I'm going Magomed via decision. Have you one. picked your fight of the night yet? Oh, yeah, I'm going with the one I mentioned at the beginning, sorry. Montana and Myra. Oh, okay. Uh, my bad. I, I said it at the beginning and didn't say it during the I preview. I thought you might pick it there. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, Montana. And, and it's not just because I wrote about <clears throat> that one either. Yeah. I really think it's, yeah, same slept, for like, it's a slept-on fight. It really is. Main event time. Big E-boy. Big E-boy. Jarzinho Rosenstroik taking on Surreal Gane. Okay. This is a huge fight. This is a huge fight to literally. finish February. Literally huge. <laughs> to finish the month of February. There's so many moving pieces in the heavyweight division right now. And to cap it off with this fight, let's just get into it here. Jarzinho is 11-1. 10 KOTKOs. He's 5-1 in the UFC. 7 First round finishes. He's got wins over Alan Crowder via KO. Alistair Overeem via KO. And then Junior Dos Santos via TKO. His lone loss on his record and in the UFC was to Francis Ngannou via KO. Cyril Gaon, on the other hand, 7-0. and Very well-rounded here. Three KO, TKOs, three submissions. He's undefeated, well, obviously, in the UFC with 4-0. Uh, he's got three first round finishes. Uh, wins over Tanner Bozer via unanimous decision, and then a TKO over JDS in his most recent bout. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. How do we? How do we? What are we thinking here, Noah? Okay. What, what are you thinking? Well, both guys are exceptional. You know, what a fantastic fight. Yeah, I mean, both these guys are great, and it really kind of comes down to. Do you value maybe Rosenstroik's competition more? You know, he's fought tougher guys. 
or do you value Cyril Gane's potential more? Yeah. And both these guys, I mean, Gane definitely has a much wider range of weapons. In terms of well-roundedness, I was going to say. He's got the submission capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. However, well, I guess not really however. He does have two submission ones in UFC. But I was going to, my point is that his submission ones weren't necessarily against the highest level, you know. He has shown that TKO ability over JDS, but that was, again, a JDS who had already went through yeah. Rosenstrike, who had already went through Ngane. And that's both of their last fights, I think, Yeah, was JDS, yep. yeah. So Rosenstrike, you know, he's kind of the – you know what he's going to do. He's going to come in there, look to put you out with one punch, and apparently – or be put out by one punch. Yeah. Um, and that, that lost Ngane does stick in the back of my head. It does. But I don't think this fight's as one-sided as maybe I thought it was going to be going in. This is a tough fight. I was definitely, being honest, before we previewed this, I was all Ghana. And then Rosenstroik really did start to kind of, he kept peeping into my head mm-hmm. a little bit. I was like, I don't know, he might he might be able to do it. You know, Ghana is being pushed pretty quickly here. However, Ghana has shown, He's... in his last fight with JDS, that leg-kicking offense... I think is gonna if he continues to implement that. I think that could be a huge weapon for him. He's just a guy that when I tune in and watch, I look at him and I think future champion. Mm-hmm. That's no, what I, I see too. when I see Gane fight, and that's gonna be the X factor here for me. I just, how do you think he's gonna win this? I'm going submission. I think he's gonna look. I I think he's gonna see this one punch power that Rosenstroik yeah, has, and I don't. I this. think that uh, Gane can keep it on the feet and win on the feet. But I think he's going to surprise some people. I think he's going to land a takedown. I think he's going to submit Biggie Boy in the know. second round. I don't know if I can go with and that. And then fight Derek Lewis next. I, I don't know if I can go with that. Hey, <laughs> that's know. my pick. Not no, no, I know. Shoot. I'm just like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I just, for some reason the idea of Rosenstroik getting submitted just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Gane as well, but I'm going to go via second round. K-O-T-K-O. You think, now, think do you think picks, like a one-shot thing, or do you think he's going to no, be able to pick think, the shots and think, TKO? I think it's going to be picking your shots. Yeah. Um, he He's shown that you know he's not necessarily got the most power in the heavy. Man, he just puts those shots together. He just, so... He, he's so good at keeping his distance, and then like the leg kicks were huge for him. X, yeah, yeah, X-Factor. And I think that's going to be huge for him here. Jarzinho, I could see eventually getting to a point where he gets frustrated, starts lunging in. Then he'll caught. get caught, yeah. finish with some ground and pound, game over. Right. So that's that's such with. an incredible fight, man. Mm-hmm. So with so many big implications, the way the heavyweight division is looking right now, the heavyweight division really is so exciting, more exciting right now than it has been in a long time, to be truthful with you, because everybody's being active. There's all kinds of movement in the rankings. John Jones is sitting there. we got a title fight next month. It's and all here we are. it's very a lot of moving pieces and that that really does help a division. So yeah. including our title. You know, it's been a while since we've seen a title the heavyweight belt be defended more than once a year and while this is the first time in 2021, at least it's not a year later again. And we're seeing the same people fight for the title <laughs> the past 3 years. Yeah, I mean it's so. just it, I get it can get a little stale, you know. We're looking for parity and it's it's clearing up. This division yeah. is clearing up right now. Agreed. But that is it for our preview. 
of UFC Vegas 20, headlined by Rosenstreich versus Gane. Tune into that one, folks. Prelims start at 5 p.m., I believe. Yes, sir. Main card at 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. I just wanted Eastern to sure. time. I wanted to make sure I didn't change. And I think it's also all ESPN Plus, okay. I believe. I believe you are correct. But as for next week, Monday, we will recap all the action that we just previewed here. That will happen Saturday night. Uh, we'll obviously give our prelim notable as well. Oh, and yeah. Really de- delve into what's next for a lot of these guys mm-hmm. on that card because there will be a lot of people getting those rankings switched around, oh, yeah. hopefully. Friday. Oh, my word. We're previewing what may end up being the biggest pay-per-view of 2021. March is approaching. <laughs> We've been waiting for the month of March, yeah. baby. Woo. UFC 259. Woo. Not one. Not two. Three said title three. fights. <laughs> Headlined by the champ champ fight. Oh, Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion, moving up to light heavyweight to try to take Jan Blahovich's light heavyweight belt. Below that, another champ champ. However, the champion is the champ champ over there. Yeah, here. right. Amanda Nunes, the women's goat. She's defending her women's featherweight belt against Megan Anderson. And then probably the one I'm most excited Been for. Been waiting history. on it, man. The Bantamweight title's on the line. Peter Yan looks to defend for the first time against Aljamain Sterling. Tell him what else is on the card. You right. might as well. The rest of the main card goes like this. Lightweight, Islam Makachev, Habib, and co. Have yeah. basically touted this man as next the up. next one for the belt. He's going up against Drew Dober. Again. That's, a, that's a fun I'm fight. a huge f- fan of Drew Dober. So I'm very excited for that one. We open our main card. This is the opening fight. At light heavyweight. Alexander Rakic going up against Tiago Santos. Your guy. Yes, Looking to bounce back. I hope so. Both of these guys coming off of fight night headliners. And now they're opening a pay-per-view, if that tells you the quality here. Yeah. And and if that main card didn't sell you enough, who's on the prelims? Let me continue. Let me continue. Yeah. Prelims. Prelims. Prelim headliner. Dominic Cruz. What? His last fight was for a belt. And now he's on the prelims. Going up against Casey Kenny. The most random fight announcement yeah. of all time, by the way. Then, again at Bantamweight, Song Yadong. Oh, I Tyler about Phillips. Then at Flyweight. Hello. Joseph Benavides. Number two. Askar Askarov. Number three. And I'm even going to give a shout out to the very first fight of the card. Rogerio Bontarin. Kai Kara France. Kai Kara France is the first fight of the night. And he was he the, was just on the main card at 254. <laughs> yep. Against Roy Put Vapp. some respect on Kai Kara France's name. Ladies and gentlemen, this card is going to be bonkers, and we're going to be here to break it all down. Yeah, we might break down every one of those fights. We, we just maybe every about. single one of them. A record. record Seven-hour podcast episode. <laughs> Record-making podcast. <laughs> but but that's, coming, that's coming yeah. Friday. Until then... Dominic Slee, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram, at DSlee14. Find the podcast on Twitter or in, oh, you, uh, and Instagram <laughs> at BAJ underscore MMA podcast. We're getting more active on there. We're interacting with the community, putting up polls, tweeting out results of fights. Follow us there for all of the MMA news. Nice. And, of course, we share our episodes there, too. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes 
the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, leaving a voice message. Something we're really looking to hit in 2021. Hit that button. You got 60 seconds if you want to tell us your thought on an upcoming fight, an upcoming... I almost said upcoming news story about a current news if story. If you've got any news that we're not aware <laughs> yeah, of. if you want to break news on break the podcast. Break it on the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, news stories, fight nights, like, give us your thoughts. Uh, we introduced in our last special episode, this or that. Yeah, this or that. That you can go on there and give us a prompt yeah. for this or that. We'll do so a this or that on. Just really, we're really looking to hit that hard, so please go on there. If you want to tell us hi... Or say we're a piece of shit, you do it there. There's also a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll find it all there. But there with that, uh-huh. we're out. Okay. And we'll see y'all on uh-huh. 